So welcome, welcome to another fantastic episode of My Orgasmic Life. And I have for you one of my favorite people who we haven't actually connected in a while. So we got like a lot of like, we don't know what's going on in each other's lives at all. I just found out she's pregnant. I am. <laughs> and I'm really pregnant. She's really pregnant. She's like, she could have the baby while we're on this call. Oh my gosh, that'd be too soon. <laughs> but yes. Yes. Um, so I'm going to have her introduce you, introduce herself to you guys. Um, and, uh, and then we're going to have, um, we're going to have an honest conversation about herpes. We're going to talk about it and, and see where that conversation leads. I love it. Well, thank you, Gaia. I'm so excited. Obviously I love being on lives and podcasts and all this because any opportunity to share about herpes is, a great opportunity because people don't talk about herpes or sex or STDs, STIs, any of the, we, we might talk about the fun stuff, but we definitely don't talk about the serious stuff, the, the yeah. stuff that we need, the foundation to sex. So um, just a little bit about myself. I'm, I'm Alexandra Harbushka. I founded Life with Herpes in 2017. It was a huge, uh, to tell the world that you have genital herpes, for lack of better words, was just a huge, it was a huge aha moment for me. Any, I mean, anyone who has an STI or STD, you know that it's very uncomfortable to mention anything, let alone genital herpes to the world. So um, I did that. I created this community and this platform for people living with herpes because when I was diagnosed in 2011, there was nothing out there. It was, you know, we have to think back, the internet and social media has evolved exponentially since 2011. Um, there weren't, face, Facebook was around, of course, um, but it, there weren't Facebook groups. Um, Google was still very sterile, mm -hmm. I guess is the way to put it. Um, the only information you could find out there about herpes was either Planned Parenthood, who does a great job with it, but that was really it, or it was really scary pictures on Google, and they scare me to this day. Like, mm -hmm. don't don't Google it. <laughs> Just don't don't look at those images. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I put this platform together just really so that people could have a a resource and not feel alone, and that's really the key here. And educate and get it out there. That's a little bit about me. And I and I love that. And I remember I remember being part of some of that disclosing uh -huh. um, pieces uh -huh. of of just like coming out with it. And you know, in the project that you and I had worked on a while ago, falling in love with food, sex, and money. And it was you know this really transformational experience to also be in that space with you of like, right? You know, I'm gonna. I'm going to say it out loud. I'm going to like, I'm going to, do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to own it. And I'm so excited to see how from that, that place, how you've created this amazing community and this amazing movement to support mm -hmm. people going through living with herpes. Right. Right. Yeah. 
and 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 letting go of all and helping that space to let go of all that shame and all the things that we did the taboos that we don't talk about and and i know that you know my people are quite used to me talking about a lot of like fun things about sex and you know like la 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 but you know what we also need to talk we need we need to have these safe spaces where we can talk about also some of the things that are that happen yeah so absolutely where do you want to start? Let's start with what is herpes. Let's, let's, let's okay. start there. Right? So what, yeah, that's, that's great. That I love. Yeah. What is herpes? Kind of the herpes 101. And, and that's yeah. something that I found that was very interesting is people don't know what herpes really is. Uh, we have these, these ideas of what herpes is not. We have this idea of what herpes is. And we have this idea of the person that has herpes. Mm-hmm. So, so just a quick I can, I can get a little medical on it. So herpes is HSV, herpes simplex virus. There's one and there's two. Mm-hmm. Really, there's no difference between one and two. Uh, we didn't really know that there was a difference until about 30, 35 years ago. We didn't have the technology to know there was a difference. Uh, HSV-1 most commonly is oral herpes. So it prefers or has been most commonly... Uh, located in the oral region, so around the mouth, and HSV2 has been most commonly, or it prefers, the genital region. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, they're extremely interchangeable. They can go either way. They look the same. They feel the same. They basically do the exact same thing in your body mm-hmm. that the other one does. Um, HSV1, so they, they both live in your nervous system, which is just interesting when the virus is d- dormant, it lives in your nervous system. HSV1 prefers to live kind of in the neck, the, the neck jaw area. HSV2 prefers in the spine area. Why they prefer different houses, I don't know. <laughs> but that's just, that's just one of the little differences. The thing that like I said a lot of people don't know what herpes is, is people go, oh, well, I get cold sores or I get fever blisters, but I don't have herpes. And I have to educate them or say, no, that, that is herpes. That's exactly what it is that we've, we've sugarcoated because society doesn't want people to say, oh, you have herpes on your lip. They go, oh, you have a fever blister, a cold sore. You obviously are run down, you're stressed. That's, that's what it is. So we sugarcoat oral herpes, but genital herpes has been extremely ostracized. You are shameful. You are a leper. You are a very, very bad person quote unquote, we're not, I'm, I'm not saying no, that we are. No, that's, no. that's what the stigma says. Yeah. Um, and even people with oral herpes who have the exact same virus go, oh, well, I don't have it down there. Ew. Like it, and there, there's a lot of, of uh, segregation in where it's located and how like, if it's here, you're cool. If it's here, you're really a not cool person. Yeah. Uh, back to, let's see, I'm trying to think of what, if I left anything out. So they're both extremely contagious when active. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you have an active outbreak, either location, they're extremely, they're extremely, uh, contagious. It is skin to skin transmission mm-hmm. as well as you can potentially. So for example, if I had an outbreak right now on my mouth, I take a sip of my tea. I go, here you go, Gaia, you want to try my tea? This would that now become a vehicle for me to transmit it to you because it would be, you know, rather in the same sitting, things like that. Mm-hmm. That's why oral herpes is more common. We obviously use our mouths a lot more. 
right? We, we share, we go, oh, you want some chapstick? Oh, you want to try my drink? Oh, you want to have a bite of my pizza? We, and we use our mouth, like we, we touch our mouth, you know, we, we come in contact with it. Two out of three people have HSV-1. So HSV-1 is extremely common. One out of six, and that number changes a little bit, but one out of six people have HSV-2. So not as common, but also extremely common. And if you want to put that in percents, if you want to, um, it, it equals to 84% of the population has herpes. And I think that's really important to like yes. take a moment. Like I think for everybody who's listening and everybody who's watching to take a moment and be like, okay, 84% of the population has herpes, which means the rest of us have come in contact with it at some point. And that's what I like to say. We, it's impossible to have avoided it. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody comes in contact with it. It's just a matter if you pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. I, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, and so if we look at it from that perspective, I mean, that's, that's probably a higher percentage of how many people have colds on a, on a day-to-day basis. I was just going to say, it's the same <laughs> thing as when you go into the office yep. during the holidays, right? That, that seat, even right now we're in January, you go into the office, everybody's sick and it's just, maybe you get it and maybe you don't. Everybody's exposed to it. Yep. Maybe you get it. Maybe you don't. And that's it. That's the, that's the way I think we should look at herpes is like, you're going to be exposed to it. You're going to have sex with somebody that has herpes. It's impossible not to. Yeah. Maybe you get it. Maybe you don't. Yeah. Yeah. So let's all take a moment to like, really like, look at it like that. We don't, yeah. we don't vilify and slut shame when you have a cold. <laughs> or you pick up the cold, right? So what, So I want everybody to just take a moment, like really seriously take a moment to look inside yourself and be like, oh, okay, like I, let's, get, let's get rid of the stigma that's attached to this and put it into perspective. Right. Do you have any suggestions around any other, any like little helpful tips of like maybe how we can let go of some of that stigma? Well, definitely number one is education and, and sharing numbers because th- there'll be times here and there where I get um, nasty comments on social media and just my, my way of replying is, you know, I'm really sorry you feel that way. And I give them the statistics, 84% of the population has herpes. Therefore, you're also saying this about somebody that you love and care about. Mm-hmm. If you're saying this about me, you're saying this about somebody you love and care about. Um, majority of the people, here's something also very interesting about it is majority of the people, and I I don't have a statistic. I can't get a statistic. I I look for it. Um, Majority of the people with herpes don't have symptoms. Mm. Also keep that in mind. There's a lot of people that are like, I don't have that or they don't know they have it and they've never been tested. And so they actually have it. So majority of people don't know they have herpes and then 80% of people with genital herpes don't know they have it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. So it's not, it's, it, it really, again, it's the, the, that, that's, those are high, high numbers. And high. again, high, super high. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So 
I love that. I love that statement that you made. So, you know, if you have this idea that, you know, herpes is disgusting and the person is awful and all of the stigma and all the shame that goes along with that, you're, I love what you had said about the whole piece around, well, you feel that way about somebody that you care and love about. And I also love, I want everybody to take a moment to be like, am I feeling that way about myself? Because am I, am I somebody who is carrying it and may not know it, or I actually have been diagnosed. And, and so am I carrying that, that shame within myself because that's what's being talked about and the way that it's talked about. And, and, you know, we can't verbally talk about it openly, these kinds of things. So it's, it's really important. Very important. Very, very important. And here's one of the other reasons why so many people don't know they have it. I don't know what it, it's like in Canada, but in the United States, the herpes test is not, is not included in the STD testing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about Canada. Oops. I just I lost my sneeze. <laughs> yeah, I believe it's not. I also believe that unless there's symptoms, like I, I'm, you know, and unless there's symptoms that have been shown, the test doesn't get taken. Like they, there isn't a test. They don't like when you're doing the panel of like, I'm going to get my SDI tests of chlamydia and gonorrhea and a whole HIV, HIV, all of it. No herpes isn't in that unless you actually are presenting an outbreak. Correct. So, so it's the same in Canada as it is the United States. Same in, in Australia, people have a really hard time getting tested unless you physically have an outbreak. So they won't even test you if you're like, no, I, I'm, I've had an outbreak in the past. Like I, you know, people go like, I know I've had, like, I know that I know I have this. I want you to diagnose me because I want to know. So I don't continue. And they, I talked to so many Australians that are like, I struggle. I mean, I can't, cause I can't get tested, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate, you know? So, so it's very interesting that, on some level, the medical community doesn't consider it a big deal, yet on some level, it's a huge deal because of emotionally what it does to you. Physically, it's, it, there's no, it's not, not a big deal, Yeah, which is very, very interesting because HSV-1, oral herpes, so what's, what's happening now is we've, as, as a culture, as a society, we've done a really good job of preventing transmission to our children. So what ended up happening in the past is we didn't really know how it was transmitted, you know, you, you, I'm, and I'm going back like 100 years, right? So like we, we didn't really know how it was transmitted and you just kind of gave it to your children because you shared everything and you weren't, you didn't know. And it, it, so basically everybody had oral herpes. So usually if you have one strain, if you have HSV-1, let's say, you're usually not going to pick up HSV-2 because the, they're so similar. You, your body will be able to fight it. So what's been happening is over the time, we've gotten very good at preventing transmission to our children. If our kids have an outbreak, they can't go to school. They have to come home. They're not sharing juice boxes in kindergarten, like all those things that, that prevent transmission. Well, what's happening is now we're getting it genitally. So people are getting AKA cold sores, but down there. Mm-hmm. So it's been very, very interesting talking to people that are like, well, I didn't know that I could give you that. Like, yeah, I've had this my whole life, but I didn't know that by going down on you, 
I had to tell you that I technically have an STI. Mm -hmm. So oral herpes is an STI. We're just not educated to say that. Mm -hmm. We don't, we don't think we have to say that because you get that from your grandmother, you get it from your mom, you get it from your dad, you get it from your brother or sister. You, you know, you don't, you don't get it from sex. Yes. That's, that's, that's awful. You're a bad person. You get it from sex. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the, before the, do we want to switch over into how do we, you know, preventative and then what do we deal with on an emotional level? And like, do you want to, is there anything sure. else? Yeah. So, uh, I, so think, I think we covered it. I yeah. think we covered the, the herpes 101, 101 course. First. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So tell us about how do we then move from prevention perspectives, transmission. So, yeah, transmission. So it's, it's much better than prevention. It's, it's yeah, just transmission. transmission. Yeah. So number one, I would say, is communication. Mm -hmm. I think this is something that you're very, you're very strong about, especially with sex. Like, hey, you got to communicate here. It's not just like, do you have anything? No, I don't have anything. Of course I don't. Okay, let's go. You know, like that. That's that's the st. That's the sex talk that that we have. That is the sex talk. Oh, okay, I don't have anything. Of course I don't have anything. Okay, you don't. Obviously, I would never be attracted to anyone that does. So, of course you don't. Yes, right? yes. Okay, so I need to just take a moment. <laughs> For right. everybody who's listening, right? Is that um, it's not, I wouldn't be attracted to, and I can tell, and I can see it, and I would know it because I could just see it. Um, right. And the conversation is, needs to be, um, do you have any STIs? And how do you know you don't have any STIs? When was the last time you were tested? Correct. And then now we need to have another layer to that conversation, which is, have you ever had any outbreaks of sores anywhere? Correct. Yes. Yes. This little like, you know, like I'm picture, like twirling your hair, like dancing around the topic of like, well, I'm clean and I hate using that word clean. I hate it, yes. but I'm using it because that's the word we use. Yep. I'm clean. Obviously you're clean because I'm attracted to you because I yep. wouldn't be attracted to anyone who's not clean. Right. Yep. I mean, and this is the dialogue we tell ourselves when we're, we're dating someone and it's, it's embarrassing and we don't want to have that sex talk. It's uncomfortable. We're not we, we don't see it in movies. We see people jumping into bed. We see, we don't see it. Uh, the other thing that's very frustrating to me, and I'd love to hear your point of view is we're also, we're also taught just use a condom and everything's fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that makes everything, everything. Solves everything. That just solves everything. By the way, it does not just so, so you know, just to clarify that with sarcasm. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. Condoms are really good at preventing pregnancy. They're 98% yes. effective. They're great at that. They're great. Yeah. That's what they're great for. They're not, they don't, they're not like, they're not the holy grail that's going to solve all your problems when it comes to sex and, and, and that type of thing. No. So using a condom only prevents herpes transmission 30 to 50% of the time. That's really low, mm -hmm. really low. And I'm sure you've talked about before. The reason why is we don't know how to properly use a condom. 
I mean, I, I know I'm preaching to the choir here. No, this is this is great actually because I haven't been I haven't dropped in with my show around STIs. Like this is this is okay. good. Um, you know, that's that's kind of been my like this is I'm I'm excited because okay. I wanted to talk about all this yeah. stuff. So yeah. yeah, this is fantastic. So keep going. Okay. And it's, so, it's always fantastic when they hear it from somebody else other than just me. So it's of course. <laughs> of course. So so okay. So let let let's yeah. let's picture let's picture the hookup, the foreplay, the the sexual act, right? Again, let's again herpes is skin to skin transmission. Mm-hmm. Now herpes can be located anywhere genitally. So we'll just pick a man for example because everything's out. It's just easier to describe a man's anatomy. So on his penis. If he has herpes, like the, where, where he gets it, where his outbreaks are, where he's quote unquote contagious, I guess, lack of the better words. If it's say on the head of his penis, yep. using a condom prevents the transmission, right? Like it's covered. It's yep. totally covered. But if he has it on his scrotum, if he yep. has it, you know, anywhere on, in, in the pelvic region, the condom isn't covering any of that. That's right. Here we are using a condom thinking, oh, okay, I'm good. I got this covered. Yet you're not actually covered. That's right. You're li- literally. Realistically, literally, you are not covered. It is literally. not covered. You're not covered. No one's covered. <laughs> no one's covered. You're not protected. Yeah. So, okay, another perfect example is, let's go back to a man's penis. And he's contagious, again, on the head of his penis. So again, I'm just using that because yep. anatomy is much easier to describe. So during foreplay, when you're not hard, you're still contagious. <laughs> like, just because you're not having sex, like the act of sex, of like intercourse in and yep. out, doesn't mean that you're like in the clear. So things like foreplay or, or I don't, there, there's not a, is there a word for like, after like when you like snuggle i don't like snuggle. yeah i call it i I call it after sex after sex so we got our after sex then you have your and and i've actually started changing the language from foreplay because if you look at sex and everybody who listens to me knows where i'm going with this if you look at sexuality is giving and receiving pleasure and we let go of the expectation that it happens in a sequence of we kiss we make out we have oral and then we have intercourse and intercourse being the goal and the penetrative sex being the goal then the whole thing so basically the minute you get naked right and that part of the body touches correct there's a potential for transmission. Exactly. So we, so that's why I'm saying we don't use condoms correctly. We, we just put the condom on when the penis is hard and it's about to enter the vagina or whatever yeah. area it's about to enter, right? Yeah. So again, I'm using heterosexual male anatomy. Again, just e- easier to describe. So it, the condom comes off after sex and then you kind of lay there. You're still exposing your, you and your partner are still exposed. So that's, that's one of the things that I, I, people go, well, I just, I always use a condom. I don't get it. Yeah, that's great. I'm glad you did. It's probably prevented you from other things happening, but yes. unfortunately, which is great. Condoms are great. Awesome. Yes. We should not, not use condoms. We should definitely use them, but we need to use them correctly. We need to use them consistently. And understanding the understanding yes. piece. So, okay. So I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions for yeah. our listeners, right? So if 
the hand touches the the exposed or the the, the yeah. breakout and then that the hand then goes to the genitals or the mouth can it be transmitted that way yes yeah so it can. so all right so now you got touching yes. <laughs> that happens all right yes. so uh if the mouth goes to the outbreak yeah and then goes to the mouth can it can it be transmitted that way there's, there's a lot of moving mouth parts to that. Wait, say that again. <laughs> well, I guess, no, it wouldn't really matter because it, you, you, like you had said, you either have one or the other. Usually you don't have both. Yeah. No, I have now, both. Can, now, can you have it, can the outbreaks happen in both areas at the same time? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I have both. I have HSV1 orally yeah. and I have HSV2 genitally. I've talked to people that have both HSV1 genitally and HSV too genitally. Like you yeah. can, you can get it. I, I, it is possible to get it HSV too orally. I haven't, no one's disclosed that to me. Like it, I haven't heard of it. I know it's possible. Maybe people don't know they have it because they just assume it's HSV one, you know, I, yeah. Yeah. So I haven't come across that. The, the thing is, is, and I even like to say you're, uh, this is this again, this is Alexandra's idea you're at far greater risk of 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 catching i i, I don't know transmitting is, transmitting an sti via oral sex than you are via vaginal sex the reason why is we don't use we don't we don't use protection we don't use condoms we don't use dental dams we don't think that you're contagious through oral sex so you can actually pick up anything hiv chlamydia gonorrhea, herpes, you can get all of that through oral sex, yet we don't use condoms during oral sex because that's weird, right? Like we're, we're taught that's weird. Yeah. Why would you do that? You only need a condom for, for sex. Yeah. Yeah. So back to transmission prevention. Transmission. Okay. okay. So yeah, I was on my rant here on condoms. Yeah. So number one is communication. No, number one and, and communication, whether it's a new partner or it's an existing partner, is always communication. So back to that STI talk, that sex talk, like Gaia just said, which was exactly what I tell my community is, hey, you got to have the talk. This is not when you're about to have sex. This is not during sex. This is not after sex. This is a conversation that you're, you ideally want to be sober. This is not yes. like a <laughs> bottle of wine in and nope. like midnight and you just finished the like date night movie, you know? No, this is this is the legit conversation because this is your health you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So it needs to be, hey, I, the way I recommend is like, hey, I want to take this to the next level. I, I think you do too. You know, I, I want I want to have sex with you, um, but it's going to be very important to me that we talk about our sexual health. Yeah. Like I just said, you have any STIs, STDs, whatever you want to call it. Have you ever had any? You know, what do you know? And let's go get tested, both of us. Yeah both of us together or not together, but I, I, and also have that other conversation, which is also very awkward because I think a lot of times females don't want to have this conversation, but who else are you sleeping with? Mm -hmm. That's a legit question. Just because you go get tested doesn't mean if you have five other people you're, you're intimate with that I need to know that. And I need to make that decision for myself if I feel comfortable with that. 
So number one, communication. Yeah, what were you going to say? Well, and I was just going to say that, and that's really important, is that when we have conversations, I mean, the whole sex conversation before sex is finding out all these things. What do you like? What do you don't like? Who are you having sex with? When's the last time you had sex? What kind of safe sex practices do you have? You know, when have you been last tested? Um, are you fluid bonded with anybody or not fluid bonded? Like, what is your world look yeah. like? And so that you can step into that conversation and in making active decisions based on actual data and yeah. actual information and not because I don't think I need to have this conversation because I think you're really cute. Right. And that's what we do. And that's what we do. Oh, you're so cute. Or you, I would never be in this situation. Yeah. That so, so and, and this conversation can be fun. It doesn't have to be like a serious, you know, it, it can be fun. It, it can be playful, but have that conversation. Now, yeah. let's say you're in a, now let's say you're in a committed relationship. So for example, my husband and I, right, we're in a committed relationship. He clearly knows I have herpes. So the communication needs to ha happen. Like, Hey, you know, I kind of feel a little run down right now. My body, I can just feel that my body's run down. I'm not feeling anything down there but I need you to know that I'm feeling run down. And so therefore there is a potential for an outbreak. Do you feel comfortable? And I put it and make it his decision, not mine. Yeah. Right. So I disclose where I am and then it's his decision. Now, if I have an outbreak, obviously it's like, Hey, I have an outbreak done period. Like it's, that is what it is. Or you know what? It, it just finished. It, it just healed. Can you give me another 24 hours? I just want to make sure that it's all cleared up down there. So again, communication is key. It doesn't matter what side you're in, if it's in a brand new relationship or if it's in an existing relationship, you have to communicate. Number one. Yeah. Always, always, so, always, always. So do you want to talk a little bit dropping into like you, what you were just talking about, about, you know, feeling run down, where is the transmission when, like in that sequence that you're sure. talking about, like when is it, um, safe, contagious. Conta not contagious, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, let me just finish on. So okay. number one is communication. Number two is, is latex. So latex, knowing where your outbreak is, of course, again, back to the head of the penis, right? If you're going to cover the head of the penis, then yeah, you're, you're protecting your partner. If it's somewhere else on your body, you're not protecting your partner. So knowing that. And then number three, the, the best, best, best method uh, preventing transmission is actually taking the antiviral. So that is the best way to prevent transmission. It is more effective than condoms. Um, it lessens the transmission rate by 48%. Um, and you are, that is the best way. Um, I don't want to quote anything because I don't have it in front of me, but um, uh, a man, well, these statistics I know, a man with herpes with a female who does not have herpes no outbreak, no condom, and no antiviral. So just vanilla sex, I guess. That is a 10% chance that he will transmit herpes to her. Okay. Woman with herpes with a man, no condom, no antiviral, no outbreak, 4% chance. Okay. So that just gives you, that, and that's, that's just the general, you're having sex, and yeah, so that just shows you kind of the transmission rates. Um, now I forgot what you wanted me to, to transfer to. 
Oh, I wanted to talk. I wanted to talk about the piece around. um, Oh, when you're contagious. When you're contagious, and like the you know that that, and how long are you contagious, and and when is it you're not so contagious anymore? You know some of the that logistical stuff. So. The herpes virus is kind of an anomaly, especially to scientists. That's a whole other level that I don't understand. But to scientists, it's pretty much an anomaly in the sense that most, let's say viruses, most bacteria, most whatever you get, they run a course. And it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty standard, you know, like the incubation period is pretty standard for most viruses. Then you go into this phase of the virus, then you go into that phase of the virus, then it heals, and then it does this, and then, right. So with herpes, it's all over the place. There is, it is, it has its own rules. So yeah. the, the, which is why we don't have a vaccine. Mm-hmm. So transmission typically occurs between two and 14 days. So if you become infected, majority of people get their first outbreak within those two weeks. However, you don't always get an outbreak. It could be, it could go into your system and lie dormant for years, Mm -hmm. months, weeks, whatever. It can lie dormant again, years, 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 and then it can show up. So you don't always know who, who you got it from. That's another big one. Now, as far as a person, so like I can talk about myself. I have the HSV virus. I'm infected with it. I know I have it. I know I'm contagious when I have an outbreak, Mm -hmm. obviously. Like that's the most obvious one. I don't know when I'm contagious when the virus is shedding. So there's this thing called viral shedding, which think about everything in nature sheds. Like if I run my hands through my hair, there's going to be some hairs that fall out. Trees drop their leaves. It's just like flowers lose petals viruses do the same thing. They want to shed. The herpes virus is not on a schedule. Like you just don't know when it does it. You can't, it's like, Oh, it's fall. Like you don't know. So does it shed after during an outbreak or just when there's, it could just randomly shed randomly sheds. Okay. All right. Here's the catch. The, the host. So in for myself, for example, the person infected with herpes has no clue it's happening. There's no signs, there's no symptoms, there's no itch, there's no tingle, there's no blister, there is nothing. You have no idea you're shedding. And when you're shedding, you're actually just as contagious as if you had an outbreak. Oh, okay. Yes, so that's the catch. So that's why majority of transmissions occur without an outbreak. Because they're shedding and no one knows that they're shedding. Right. Okay. And if you have an outbreak, it's painful. You're not really going to be having sex. Like, mm-hmm. let's face it, it hurts. You know, like you're not, you're not, it's like when you have the flu, like you're not, you're in pain, you're sick. Like you're not really going to be having sex. Like, you know, um, so that's the catch. So that's why being on the antiviral, it reduces outbreaks and it reduces the viral shedding. So, so that's what, why. So t- tell us about the ant- antiviral. The antiviral. So it's Valtrex is the is the the branded like that's that's what everybody knows. The the antiviral basically what it does is it keeps the virus dormant in your nervous system. The virus is dormant; it's not popping up, and it's mm-hmm. it's not shedding. It's still possible to get outbreaks on the antiviral. It's still possible to shed, but it's 
significantly reduces the shedding and the transmission. So that- And is that for one and two? Yes. Okay. And chicken pox, it's the same one. Oh, same one for so chicken like pox shingles, as well. chicken pox, pox. all the, they, they all, they all take the same one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And is that an expensive, is it, is it expensive? How does it feel? Like yes, how, it can be. Um, it, it depends, you know, insurance, not insurance. I don't know about Canada. Yeah. Of course, you know, every country is a little bit different. Every state's different. Um, I was just talking last night on our support group, you know, someone was saying it was like $50, $60 with insurance for a 30-day supply. Um, other people, it's $20. Other people with no insurance, it's 100 You know, it just, it, it, it just depends on your, your insurance. Now, the thing that's, diff- that's nice, I guess, about this antiviral that's different from other medications, like let's say an antibiotic, for example, you're prescribed an antibiotic, you have to take it daily, like they say, take it for 10 days, you have to take it for 10 days, right? You, if you yeah. take it for seven, you don't- It doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Right. The antiviral is different. Um, you can take it just with an outbreak, or you can take it daily. You can take it if you feel like you have an outbreak coming on to prevent an outbreak popping up. Um, you can take it, and there's not, it's not like, oh, you have an outbreak, you have to take it for 10 days. If your outbreak lasts two days, you take the antiviral for two days. Uh-huh. If your outbreak lasts for two weeks, you take the antiviral for two weeks. So there's, there's a lot of, it's very fluid and how you want to take it, which is, is nice in the sense that it's kind of up to you to decide how, how you want to take it. Okay, awesome. All right, so what about, now let's talk about emotionally. Ah, that's the worst part about herpes. <laughs> that's it. it I mean, because all, all herpes is, is it's a blister. It's like a bad zit when you're in high school. That's all it is. That's, that's literally all it is. Some people get more zits in high school than others, right? Yep, yep. That's all it is. Um, so some people get more outbreaks than others. Some people don't get outbreaks. Some people do get outbreaks. Some people get outbreaks multiple times. Um, all it is is it's, it's a blister. And, and what we've done and really where the stigma came from was from the pharmaceutical companies deciding, hey, we need to sell this drug. So prior to, it came out, I think in 83, early 80s, um, no, there was no drug for herpes, right? So that's the other thing I didn't mention about herpes. So opposed to say getting like strep throat where you have to take an antibiotic to get over it, right? Like otherwise it, it can be very serious in your system. You don't have to take an antiviral to get rid of, get rid of the, the outbreak. It'll eventually go away on its own. It'll take longer, but it will, it will go away. So that, that is the good news. So you don't have to take it. So what the pharmaceutical company decided back in the 80s was like, well, we're going to make people feel like they have to take it. So they're going to, they attacked, I guess, for lack of better words, they attacked the people with genital herpes, making them feel like they were scarlet letters, lepers, um, the taboo of you are a very bad person because you have genital herpes and you're never going to get married. You're never going to accomplish your dreams. You're never going to have children, both men and women. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to have all these things that will never happen to you because you were a bad person. But I have this magic drug over here that will fix that for you. And if you take this, you won't get outbreaks. And if you don't have outbreaks, you don't have to tell anybody. And if you don't tell anybody, then you can get, you know, like blah, blah, blah. So that was the story that was 
sold the bow tracks. Mm-hmm. That's what's created the, the, the culture around it. That's what's created all of that. So the stigma is really the worst part. And I know when I was first diagnosed, I was 28 years old and I was in a very dark spot. So this is a very common thing because nobody talks about it. You can't talk about it. You don't think you can talk about it, nor do you know how to talk about it. So you feel alone. You're on an island. You're in physical pain. The first outbreak is so miserable. You're in a ton of physical pain. And now you're like, well, how do I date? Will I ever date anybody? Like, do, will I be able to go to yoga again? Like, do I, like, can people adjust me in yoga? Like, am, am I, is my whole body contagious? Um, you, you feel, you feel like you, you do, like, you, you feel like you are the only person in the world with this. And if you're somebody that suffers with depression or anxiety, you will go into that. Um, mm. Definitely. But you, and other things, it's a, it's a ripple effect in your life. So, um, you know, whatever you were kind of balancing or was already struggling in your life is going to come down on you even harder. So, um, you know, whether you're struggling financially, whether you're going to blame herpes for it, whether you're struggling in a relationship, you're going to blame herpes for it, what, whatever, whatever it is, herpes now is your new scapegoat for everything. Well, I can't get healthy because I can't go to the gym because I, I have herpes and I can't go to the gym because I'm scared to work out because if I work out, then I'll get an outbreak. No, it, that's all total BS. Like it has nothing to do with it. So that's the emotional side of it that it definitely, I was there for two years. It took me two years to get out of it. Mm-hmm. it took me a long time. And that's pretty typical for people that are diagnosed with herpes unless you find support right away. Now there's a lot more resources to find support with social media mm-hmm. and also my community. But if you don't find that support, you're going to, you're, you're stuck. Cause you, you truly believe now that you do not deserve any happiness in life. That's what you believe. Mm-hmm. And it's self-loathing and self-hate. Like you, you believe that. Yeah. So, how can, first of all, this conversation was spectacular. I'm <laughs> so happy that you came on the show. Thanks. I'm so excited that we had this really great, honest conversation about this. I hope all the listeners are like, wow, I learned so much new stuff today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, how can people get in touch with you? How can they get the support that they want, they need um, to help move out of that dark, like you're talking about? Yeah. How do we move out of that dark place without having to go there in the first place? And if you're right. in there, how do we how do get you, out? How do we get out? Yeah. How do you get out? So, so go, to, go to lifewithherpes.com. And I, that's, my, that's my website. That's, I have a thing that says start here. That's where you start. Start there. <laughs> um, so just follow it. Start there. It, it walks you through. So a lot of times you may not know if you have herpes and need to get diagnosed. Like you may be going like, oh my gosh, I am feeling this feeling down there and I'm freaking out. Get yep. diagnosed. Like by thinking like you're going to go to like, you know, when you're a little kid, you're like, if I just go to bed and when I wake up in the morning, all my problems are solved. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like that doesn't work with herpes. It doesn't work as an adult in life. Like if I just go to bed and I wake up, everything's fine. No, 
that's not how it works. So, you know, definitely get diagnosed, know that you have herpes, you know, get, get on treatment. But I, I have, I have so many resources. I have a podcast. I have a YouTube channel. It's all life with herpes. So if you Google life with herpes, you will find it. But the website kind of walks you through the best ways to do that. Number one, though, regardless of what it is that you do, you need to find a community. If it's my community, great. If it's not, find a community that fits with you so that you can talk about it and just learn, learn to talk about it and learn to know that you're normal. Like mm-hmm. people that aren't talking about it or don't know they have herpes and do like they, they have herpes. Like just assume everybody has herpes. Like remember, we talked about 84% yeah. of the population. And those are just because those are the ones that know it. Doesn't mean <laughs> all the other ones that don't know it. Correct. So exactly. Just assume we all have herpes. Yeah. Just assume it. Yeah. Just assume it. Yeah. So, um, it, it, it does not alter your life unless you let it. This is a microscopic virus that you can't see. And that's Mm -hmm. what I like to tell people is you're letting this microscopic virus that you cannot see be all, be the reasons for all the things in your life that aren't going right. So if you let it control yourself, then that's, that's on you. There's it, you, you can get married, you can fall in love, you can have sex with multiple people, you can still have one night stands, you can be, so that, that's the sex part, you can ha- have any career that you want, you can, you can do, like I have, I've had people that have dropped out of college because they felt that like they couldn't go to college anymore, I've had people drop out of a career choice, whether it was paramedic, um, military, because they're scared of that, putting it on their record. I had somebody that was in the middle of adopting a child and, and she found out she had HSV one genitally, her husband didn't. And they, they walked out of the adoption process because she was scared to write on that process that she couldn't have children. So my point is this doesn't, that should not control your life. It's a blister that pops up. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. I love it. So I will also put uh, the link in the show notes and on all the places. So you don't even have to remember. All you have to do is click it. it. Just click. Just click it. All right. Um, And I, like I said, I highly recommend hanging out with this fantastic, amazing woman who, um, you know, can help you change your life and live the full version of who you want to be and really move through this piece with ease instead of it being this horrible life changing life altering experience. Absolutely. So for everybody who wants to spend some more time with moi, me, you can find me at Gaia Morissette on all the social media platforms or Empress Gaia for all of your BDSM education and needs. Um, You can find me at succulentliving.com for all of your sexual wellness education and needs, as well as empressgaia.com for all of your BDSM needs. And um, we now have My Orgasmic Life has its own app on Google google play store so you can just go and put put your app in there (laughs) so that you're always in the know and a quick um call out to my sponsor tickle.life so for all of your educational needs tickle.life is a fantastic resource and uh we'll see you in your next episode
Have a fantastic day. And remember, we all pretty much just assume everybody has herpes. <laughs> yeah. And nope. everybody has yeah. sex. And, and it's every, normal. It's normal. And, and, you know, there's so many ways in which we, you know, just like the common cold, it's moving all over the place. So, yeah. like, you can be paranoid and put yourself in a bubble or you can just live life. and. Right. Move on. And move on. All right. That's it. That's all. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye. And we will see you next time. All right. Hold on here.